Amen. Thank you, worship team, as always, leading us into the presence of God through praise and worship. I love those songs. I like all of them. Anytime that we can lift up Jesus, I like it. Amen. <laughs> and all of those songs did just that, just lifted up the Lord. I was sitting back there a moment ago thinking about that song, Stand, and how that it said that we would walk upon salvation. And man, that line in that song just gripped me and um, spoke to my heart. We walk upon salvation for salvation is where our sure footing is found. Can you say amen? We walk upon salvation because salvation is what holds us up. We walk upon salvation because salvation takes us where we're headed. <laughs> and so I'm thankful this morning that we can trust in the finished work of Christ. And because of that, we can have salvation. And what a blessing that is. Man, great job, worship team, as always. I want to thank all of you. Y'all were sounding good this morning. What we're lacking this morning in numbers, uh, you've made up for in passion. And man, it sounded good hearing y'all sing. And it is certainly good to be here with you today. Take your Bibles, if you will, please, and turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter number 2. Exodus chapter number 2, and we're going to be looking there at the first 10 verses of that chapter. <clears throat> today um, is Mother's Day, and... Mothers wear many hats. They play many different roles uh, throughout their lives. Sometimes they are chef to a hungry family. That happens regularly around my house. Thank you, buddy. Regularly around my house. Sometimes they're chauffeur to the little ones late for uh, uh, t-ball practice. Sometimes they're counselors to their kids. That happens daily around my place, too. And they're also confidants to their husbands. Sometimes they're CEOs of the company. And other times, they're, they're champions at the game of Monopoly. And so all of those things have their place, and all of those things have their importance. But mothers, I want you to know today, whatever hat you wear or whatever role you play, none of them are as important as your role as mama. I want to read to you this morning, before we get started in our scripture, a poem uh, that was written by William Ross Wallace, and it's called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the Hand That Rules the World. Listen how he puts it. Blessings on the hand of women. Angels guard its strength and grace in the palace, college, or hovel, oh, no matter where the place. Would that never storms assailed it, rainbows ever gently curled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Infancy, the tender fountain, Power may with beauty flow, mothers first to guide the streamlets, from them souls unresting grow. Grow on for the good or evil, sunshine streamed or evil hurled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Listen to this next verse of this poem, I love this. Women, how divine your mission, here upon our natal sod, keep, oh, keep the young heart open, always, always to the breath of God. All true trophies of the ages are from mother's love impearled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Blessings on the hand of women. Fathers, sons, and daughters cry, and the sacred song is mingled with the worship in the sky. Mingles where no tempest darkens, rainbows evermore are hurled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. And that brother said it good, and he said it right. 
he is exactly right this morning that the hand that rocks the cradle is truly the hand that rules the world. So mamas, I would say to you today, whatever role you play and whatever hat you wear, none of them are as important as your role as mothers, as your roles as mamas. See, you are raising uh, the leaders of tomorrow. You are raising pastors and missionaries of tomorrow. You are raising husbands and fathers of tomorrow. You are raising wives and mothers of tomorrow. You are raising presidents and senators of tomorrow. You are raising mayors and policemen and teachers and doctors and lawyers. You are raising leaders of tomorrow. You are raising homemakers of tomorrow. I've heard it said, I think it was Whitney Houston that sang this song years ago, and she said, the children are our future. And how many know she's right? Whether we realize it or not, the children are our future. And what we instill in them today is what they're going to stand for tomorrow. So mamas, I'm going to tell you, nothing is as important as your role as mama today. It makes a difference, a great difference. Um, your mission has great importance and therefore your mission has great responsibility. Like the poem says, you have a divine mission. You are doing God's work by raising your children in a way that God is pleased. Now I want you to know something, mothers. I want all of us to understand this, that God's word always tells us what we should do. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4, the scripture says that as parents, we are to raise our children up in the nurture and admonition order. How many know that's God's plan? That's what God wants from all of us, to raise our children up with the knowledge of who Jesus is and what his word says. To raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's what we are supposed to do. But let me tell you what else I love about the Word of God. The Word of God not only tells you what you should do, it also tells you how to do it. And right here in Exodus chapter number 2, we have a picture of a godly mama and what it means to raise your children in a godly way uh, with the, the mother of Moses, a woman by the name of Jochebed. Let's look together. Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 1. I'm going to read through you, one through, read, read for you, 1 through 10 and I'm going to come back and give you three points today, and I'm done. Look at what it says. And there was a man of the house of Levi, and he took to wife a daughter of Levi. Now Moses here is the author uh, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit of the book of Exodus. And he's writing his family story, and he says that there was a man of the house of Levi who took to wife a woman of the house of Levi, and we know him to be speaking about his mother and father. He don't give their names here, but later on in the book of Exodus, chapter 6 and verse number 18, we are told that the mother and the father, uh, the father and the mother of Moses was none other than Amram and Jochebed. So that's who he's speaking of. Listen what it says. And the woman conceived and bare a son. Jochebed, the mother of Moses, bare a son. And when he, she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Now look what it says, verse 3. And when he, she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. And when she, now watch what it says here in verse 4. And the, his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maiden to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the child wept. 
when two things came together here, uh, uh, two things that the Lord made, a baby's cry and a mama's heart. Look what it says. When she heard the baby crying, she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew's children, and then said his little, his little sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And she made, and the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child at words. Ain't God good? If you believe God is able to hit a straight lick with a crooked stick this morning, say amen. God is able to do what we can't do when we put whatever it is we have in the hands of God. That's what we see in the story of Jochebed. Listen, by faith, she put her child in the hands of God and God blessed the child and blessed the mama and worked all things out according to the good of them that love the Lord. Ain't you glad that we can trust in what God's word says today? Look what it says in verse number 9. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Let's pray together today. Father, we love you, and Lord, I am so thankful for the truth of your word. Lord, your word not only tells us what we should do, but it gives us a picture of how we do it. And Lord, I'm praying, praying that you paint uh, the picture of this truth here in the book of Exodus for all of us to see today. Lord, I pray that you touch hearts and change lives through what you have said in your word, your truth. Lord, I can do nothing. I can preach truth, but only you can impart truth. So Lord, I'm asking you to move me completely out of the way. Use me as your mouthpiece. Speak to me, speak through me, and do your work by your power among your people. Lord, I pray a special blessing upon mamas today who love their babies. I pray, Lord, that we see the importance of the mission. I pray, Lord, today that we see the responsibility we have to raise up these children in a way that you're pleased. Lord, show us how to do that. Show us what we need to see from your truth, and may we be different when we leave than we were when we came. In Jesus' mighty name and for your sake we pray. Amen. Now there's three things that I want you to see this morning here from Exodus chapter 2. First of all, I want you to see the persecution of the enemy. Look what the Bible says there in verse number 2. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Now why did she have to hide him? Why was she not proud to uh, go out and show her baby boy to all that would want to see him? Well, there's a reason for that. In Exodus chapter 1, we find the reason. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's go back and look together, Exodus chapter 1, down to verse number 7, and I'm just going to hit the high points of this, I'm not going to read all of it, but I want you to go back and read it later in your quiet time. Listen to what the Bible tells us, Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, and the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now you students of the word of God, you know that Joseph, one of the Israelites, one of the sons of Jacob, came to Egypt, and when he got there, God brought him to the second place in Egypt, a place of power. Joseph was respected in the land of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. But after Joseph died, the nation of Israel began, like the Bible says here, to become exceedingly great in number. They became a great people, and there came a time when everybody forgot about how good Joseph was and did not respect the people of Israel. Look it down at verse number 11. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pittam and Ramses. 
Now look what it says, verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which name the one of them was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do suffer of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him, but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Now see what's happening here. The leadership in Egypt became fearful of the Israelite nation. Because they had gotten so great in number, the Egyptians thought that the Israelites would one day take over the kingdom. And so they started putting them in slavery. And listen to me, folks. Here the Bible says they began to kill the babies of the Hebrews as they were born if they were males, if they were uh, little boys. And so that's why Moses was being hid by his mama for those three months in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 2. Now let me ask you something. Does that sound familiar to you? Do you remember someone else who had to be hid when he was born? If you go back and you read the story of the Lord Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was born and Herod at that time was having all of the Hebrew male childs killed according to the book of Matthew. And so when Jesus was born, Mary and uh, Joseph had to carry him into Egypt, if you remember, to hide him from Herod. How many of you understand this morning that Moses is a type of the Lord Jesus? See, all throughout the Old Testament, you see types and shadows of the coming Christ. You see a foreshadowing of the promised Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. And Moses is a type of the Lord Jesus. First of all, because just like Moses, uh, there came a time when someone tried to kill him when he was born. Secondly, Moses was sent by God to deliver the people from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. How many know Jesus was sent by God the Father to deliver a world from the bondage of sin? Moses became God's mouthpiece to speak the truth to the people. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of heaven. Moses received the law from God and gave it to the people. Jesus fulfilled the law through his perfect birth and his perfect life. And, and, and so therefore fulfilled the law that Moses gave. Moses provided the lambs to be slain. How many of you know that Jesus was the lamb that was slain for the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world? So Moses was a type in the Old Testament of the coming Christ in the New Testament. He's a foreshadowing of Jesus who would come. Now listen to me, folks. The Pharaoh in that day, the enemy was coming against the son of Jochebed, her children. Now let me say something to you mamas and daddies. How many of you believe this morning? How many of you understand this morning? The enemy is also coming against our children. As a matter of fact, he's doing absolutely everything he can to destroy our children in any way possible. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of John. And I want everybody to read with me. John chapter 10. Look down at verse number 10. Watch this. Jesus speaking here says, The thief. How many know who the thief is? Who's the thief? That's Satan himself. That's the enemy. He's the one who is coming against us and our children. Listen to what it says. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. If you believe God's word this morning, say amen. See, Satan has one job, and his job is to kill, steal, and to destroy, to completely tear down everything God is doing. Well, if God wants to use our children to build a future for tomorrow in a way that he would be pleased, how many know Satan is doing everything he can to tear that down? 
He's doing everything he can to destroy what they believe about him. He's coming against our kids now more than ever before. I read this week uh, from the Center of Recovery of the United States of America on their website. Listen to what they said. The suicide rate for teen girls is higher than it has been in 40 years. See, folks, that's not getting better. That's getting worse. Since 2013, the number of suicides in teen girls has doubled. I want you to think about that just a minute. Young ladies, young men, all of you, let me say something to you. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. It is never the answer. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. Satan would like nothing more to kill, steal, and destroy what God is doing. Don't you allow that to happen. You keep trusting the Lord and looking to Him. Can you say amen? Parents, let us keep loving them. Let us keep teaching them. That broke my heart when I seen this. Since 2013, the number of suicides in teen girls has more than doubled. Suicide rate for, uh, for teens in general is the third leading cause of death among teenagers. Depression among teens is up 33% since 2013. Drug use among teenagers is higher than it's ever been before. As a matter of fact, in the statistics that I read in the same website said that 82%, 80 2% of high school seniors have tried illegal drugs. I want you to think about that just a minute. That's 8 out of 10 young people. All of us, either personally or we have known someone whose lives have been greatly affected by drug use and abuse. I've been there. You've been there. You've seen it. I want to tell you something. God's grace is sufficient for you. If God can change me, He can change you. If God can do a work in my life and give me purpose, folks, He can do a work in your life and give you purpose. I just want you to know Suicide's not the answer. Drugs are not the answer. But these are just two of the main things that Satan is using to destroy our young people. And we see it every day. All of us have seen that in our families, with our friends. And so would you agree with me this morning, just like there was an enemy that came against Jacobed's children, there's an enemy that's coming against our children? Now, how do we combat that? How do we really make a difference? How do we really influence our children's lives, mamas? Because I'm going to tell you, you have more influence over your children than anybody else. You have a bond with your child that no one else has or ever can have. And because of that bond that you have with them, you have influence like nobody else. You influence their behavior. You influence what they believe. You influence the path they take. And so how can we positively influence our children even though the enemy is trying to do everything he can to destroy them? Well, let's go back to Exodus chapter 2. Watch what happens. Exodus chapter 2, verse number 3. And when she could no longer hide him. Everybody say hide him. Now listen to me, mamas. Do you know there's coming a time when you'll no longer be able to hide your children? That's something I figured out as a father. Hey, when they was little babies and I had complete control over their every action, 
When I could tell them where to go and what to do and what they're supposed to do and what they ain't supposed to do and I could helicopter over them as a dad, then I had control over what they got into. But now I've come to find out that's no longer the case. I don't have complete control over what's happening. I can no longer hide them from the influence of the world. See, the answer is not to hide them. The answer is to prepare them. They all will have to live in the same world that me and you live in. They will all face temptations that me and you have faced. So talk to them about what they're going to face and how to overcome the temptation when it comes. Talk to them about what the enemy will come against them with so when he comes against them, they'll know how to combat that. Don't hide them, prepare them. That's what we do as parents. How many know that's what we're called to do as a church body? We want to prepare them to know what to do and when to do it when the enemy comes against them. Now, how did she do it? Well, the Bible says she took for him an ark of bulrushes and she daubed it with slime and with pitch, something that's going to make that as watertight as possible, put the child therein, laid it in the flags by the river. She did all she could do for her child to save his life. Now, mamas... It's up to us, it's up to you as mamas who have the greatest influence to do everything you can do to save your children from the hand of the enemy. Prepare them as much as possible now. How do we do it? Three ways. Number one, you need to be praying for your kids. How many of you know God can do what I can't do? And God can do what you can't do. And when we choose to pray, listen to me now, we allow the power of God to intervene on our behalf. I like Dr. Tony Evans. Dr. Tony Evans said something that just blessed my heart about prayer. He said that prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention. And that's exactly what it is. If you want God's blessing upon your kids, if you want God's protection upon your kids, let me ask you something. Are you praying for it? Are you seeking God in that? Are you asking God to do what only He can do? I've told my wife this so many times. Listen, I understand that there's going to be times that me and her will not be able to be with them. I can't go with them to school. I can't go with them to the ball game. I can't go with them to a friend's house. I can't go with them here or go with them there. But I can pray and my God will go with them everywhere they go. I can trust Him to do what I can't when I can't. James chapter number 5 and verse number 16. Watch what the Bible says. I love this. It's a great promise for every believer. James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Now how many of you know there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh that I could be considered righteous? The only righteousness I have is the righteousness that has been imputed on me by, by the Lord Jesus Christ. When I place my faith in Christ, the Bible says His righteousness was imputed on me. It was put on my account. So now God no longer sees me in my sins, but He sees me as the righteousness of His Son. If you believe it this morning, say amen. See, if you're a child of God, you are considered righteous before God who is holy. Not because of who you are, but because of who you trusted. 
And so the Bible says, all of us who are children of God, who are the righteous, listen, our fervent, effectual prayer avails much. It makes a difference. It is truly heavenly permission, or excuse me, earthly permission for heavenly intervention. It's releasing the power of God upon your situation. If there's one thing you need to be doing, mamas, you must do for your children. If you're going to protect them from the enemy, you need to be praying. Let me tell you what else you need to be doing. You need to be teaching. Teaching them what? You need to be teaching the truth of what God says. Go to Psalms 119 with me. Watch this. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Word of God, and all of it is dedicated to the power of God's Word. I encourage you, go back and read this all for yourself. But I'm just going to give you this morning five or six verses. Psalm 119, verse 9, watch this. Wherewithal shall a young man or woman cleanse his or her way by taking heed thereto according to the Word? How many of you want your kids to live clean lives? Productive lives. How many want your kids uh, to be what God wants them to be? That's what I want. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm trying to prepare for. Let me tell you how we do it. We get the word in them. Can you say amen? That's how they cleanse their way. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let, not, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. What causes us not to sin against God? When we get his truth in us. When it becomes a part of who we are. Mamas, how are you going to get the word in them kids? Daily you get the word in them kids. As God gives opportunity, leads, and opens doors. Let me tell you how else you do it. You keep them in church. Why do you think we do what we do in Sunday school? Or we do what we do in worship time? Or we do what we do in the preaching and teaching of the word when we're in Sunday night or, or Wednesday night Bible study? What are we doing in children's church right now with them young'uns? We're doing everything we can to get God's word in them. Why? Because when they hide God's word in their heart, it causes them not to sin against Him. So man, we need mamas who are going to faithfully bring their children to church. Teach them at home, yes, but get them around a body of believers where they can get a hold of the truth of the word of God. Man, it's so vitally important. We pray, yes. Hey, we pray God's protection and God's grace and favor upon them. We also teach them and prepare them the best we can through our own individual efforts and the efforts collectively of the body of Christ. Verse 12 says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of my mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies in, in, in as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. How many want your kids to respect the ways of God? That's what I want more than anything else. Hey, I would love for my kids to be as successful as possible by the world standard. There's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you what I want more than anything else. I want them to follow Jesus. I want them to have respect under His ways. Because guess what? If they're as successful as they can possibly be and be number one on the Fortune 500 magazines list, that, that's all well and good. But if they don't know Jesus, they're still going to be miserable deep down in their soul. 
If they don't know Jesus, they're still going to bust tail wide open. I don't care what position they hold. I don't care how much power they have in this world. I don't care what their bank account says. Listen, folks, they need to know Christ. They need to respect his ways. That ought to be first and foremost above everything else on our list for what we want for our kids. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it by getting in the truth of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. Exactly. I think the psalmist is on to something here, don't you? I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will, I will not forget thy word. Let's skip on down to one of my favorite verses. Psalm 119, 105. For thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many know we're raising some kids in a dark world? You don't believe me? Go down to your local school tomorrow. You're going to see we live in a dark world. Turn on your television tomorrow. You're going to see we live in a dark world. Read your newspaper. You'll see we live in a dark world. This morning, before I came to church on Mother's Day, many of you may have seen it. I saw on television, on the news, that there was a lady who had been charged with throwing her six-month-old baby alive into a ravine by her house because she was tired of being a mama. They found the baby this morning. We live in a dark world. We live in a world who has turned their back on God and rejected Him. Folks, let me say something to you. If you want your children to know how to navigate through this dark world, they need the light of the Word of God. Because the Bible says, Psalm 119, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't want them stumbling and stammering around and falling into stuff that's going to get them in trouble. It's going to ruin their life. I want them to know which way they're supposed to go and the only way they're going to know which way they're supposed to go is if they have the light of God's precious truth. So we pray for our kids. We teach our kids. We get them under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Let me give you something else. How many know you've got to lead by example? I was sharing a message on Father's Day probably 10 years ago. And I was talking to fathers about how we are to be examples for our children. And I made the statement in that service that do as I say, not as I do, don't work. Y'all know that, don't you? See, if we tell them not to do something, but it's not mirrored in our lives, it's just not going to work. It's not going to help them. Matter of fact, it will turn them against what we're saying. So I got done that day and big old burly guy, man, he's probably 6'3", 6'4", probably go 230, 240, big huge dude, comes walking out the back and man, tears are just streaming down his face. And he walked up to me Stopped in the back of the church and said, Brother, I want to thank you. What you said is right. When you try to teach your kids to not do as you do, but do like you say, that don't work. He, and he began telling me a story about his dad. He said that when he was 13 years old, his dad caught him smoking. And his dad beat his back bloody with a belt with a cigarette in his mouth because he caught him smoking. This man at that time was probably, I don't know, mid-30s, early 40s. And that was still. 
impacting his life greatly even then. Parents, I want to tell you something. What you do today will have an impact on your kids throughout their life. It makes a difference. What you say today will have an impact on them forever. I promise you that. How many of you ever heard the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me? Whoever said that is an idiot. Words do hurt. Words will break you down from the inside out. Words will help you to fall into the trap of the enemy for you to not see your worth to the kingdom of God. If he can keep you beat down with words, he's going to do that. And the Bible says this, listen, the power of life and death is found in the tongue. I believe this. You tell a kid how much they're loved, how special they are, how God has purpose for them, how God has a plan for them, how they can be anything they want to be if they put their mind to it and work hard. You keep instilling that in that kid. I'm going to tell you something. Before long, they're going to believe you. But let me give you the flip side of that coin. You keep speaking evil to that child. And tell them how useless they are and worthless they are and how they can't and how bad they are all the time. Guess what? My kids are just like any other kids. They do bad things, but all things are not bad. They need correction, but not always do they need correction. A sheep needs fearing, or excuse me, feeding a whole lot more than it needs shearing. So I want to feed them as much as possible. I want to encourage them as much as possible. I never want to discourage them. Even when I'm correcting them, I don't want to discourage them. Because that will have an impact not only today, but years down the road. Be careful what you say. It makes a difference. Lead by example. Lead by example. That's what makes a difference in your kids' lives. I'm going to tell you, I don't have a perfect mother or father have a godly mom and daddy love Jesus with all their heart they're not perfect never have been perfect but I'll tell you this I seen in their life a faith that I wanted they led by example they didn't just love Jesus on Sunday they loved Jesus on Monday they didn't just pray in the church house they prayed around the dinner table they didn't just look to the word of God when they needed answers here they looked to the word of God when they needed answers at home what I'm saying is they led by example wherever they were not in perfection but I'm going to tell you something folks when I saw that I wanted it and your kids will do the same when they see it in you pray for your children teach your children lead by example prepare them don't hide them we can't hide them but we can prepare them can you say amen if you believe it let me give you something else I only want you I want you to see the persecution of the enemy that came against Jochebed's son we need to see the protection of the mama that prepared her kids but lastly let me give you the provision of God this is what blesses my soul Exodus chapter 2, verse number 4. And his sister stood afar off to wit that would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. 
And her maidens walked along by the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maiden to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Isn't this amazing? Mamas, let me ask you something. Do you think it broke Jochebed's heart? When she had to take that baby that was just three months old, make an ark and put it in the river. Now, you've got to understand something. The, the river that's being spoken of here, the Nile, flowed to the sea. So there was a chance that the baby could be swept out to sea. The reason um, that she put it in the flags or in the bulrushes was so that the swift water wouldn't take it out into the ocean. Do you think it broke her heart when she had to do that because she knew if she didn't, the child would be killed? I think it broke her heart. She had to turn her baby loose. Let me tell you how she turned him loose. She turned him loose to the one that could hold him more tightly than she ever could. She put him in the hands of the Lord and by faith put the ark in the river. And God's provision then took over and did what needed to be done. Worked all things together for the good of them that love the Lord. And it's called according to his purpose. Ain't God good? And what am I trying to say? Mamas, put them in the hands of Jesus. See, there comes a time when you've done all you can do. You've taught all you can teach. You've prepared all you can prepare. You've done what you can do. And it's time that you then by faith say, Lord, you take them. You do what only you can do. I'm not saying your job as a mother ever ends because it doesn't. You know that. My mother still influences me greatly today at 40 years old. I'm so thankful for her. And you will always influence and be special to your kids. But I am saying this. You've got to give them to the Lord. Allow him to do what only he can do. But I want, you to, I want you to see what happened then. When she acted by faith, prepared all she could prepare, did her part, and put them in the hands of Jesus, then what God do? He blessed her immensely. Brought her back to the baby. Moses went from being raised in a slave's home to being raised in the king's palace. Moses went from having nothing to having everything. Moses went to be prepared to lead the nation of Israel out of bondage. And listen to me now, mamas. 4,000 years later, we're still talking about what God did in the life of Moses because one mama did what she could to protect and prepare her baby from the enemy. Isn't that good news? Mamas, you do the same. You do your part and let God do His. Now, a lot of times when I preach messages like this. It can be an encouragement or it can be a discouragement. You may say, well, Brother Israel, I'm trying to teach them all I can teach them and prepare all I can prepare, and I hope this message has encouraged you. But you may look and you say, well, you know what? I failed in this area, and I'm not preparing like I should in that area, and I'm not doing this over here, and I'm not doing that over here. Guess what? Join the crowd. None of us have this all figured out. None of us are perfect. And all of us need God's grace. So if you haven't been the mama God's called you to be up till now, start today. Start today. 
And by God's power, listen to me now, prepare your children, protect your children, love Jesus, and love them. That'll make all the difference. That'll make all the difference. You can't do that if you don't know Him personally. If you're here today, mamas, and you never yet trusted in Christ as your personal Savior, the first step for you to be a godly mama that can do what Jochebed did and make a true difference in the life of her baby, listen, the first step is you trusting in Christ as your personal Savior. Today, the same Jesus who has saved me can and will save you if you'll trust Him. If you're here today and you've already been saved, but you just want God to bless your children and you, you want to, uh, to be the best mama you can be, guess what? Ask the Lord for that. We have not because we ask not. The effectual, fervent prayer of those who are righteous, it avails much. And maybe you just want to come to this altar and pray for your kids. Pray for yourself as a mama. I pray for myself as a father every day. I want to be the father God wants me to be, that my children need me to be. Whatever you need today. Would you come? Maybe you want to join this church. God spoke to your heart. You know, this is where God's placed you. This is where God wants you to serve. Well, hey, we need you to be a part of what God's doing right here. If you know this is where God wants you to be, maybe you just need to join this church. Maybe you need to be baptized. I don't know what you need, but I do know this. God is able to meet whatever needs you've got. So you'll be closing this service. This is your invitation. If you need the Lord in any way this morning, you come. Brother, play for us. Everybody stand, please.